Welcome to Talking Frank Without Frank. This is the podcast where a welfare and undergrad education officer talk all things Sussex University open and honestly. We hope you enjoy. Hi Nina. Hi Chris. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. It's been a while, hasn't it? Yeah, it has been a while. I'm glad to be back. Why, why has it been a while, Nina? Uh, well, basically, I started getting ill. It was probably the freshest flu, to be honest. And then, so I got ill. I was away for a few days. Then my mom was here. So I took a few days off. And then I was basically off from work uh, due to the flu for two weeks. Do you, do you want to know my theory on f- freshest flu? What's that? So, I think for a long time... We've been scapegoating the freshers, right? I have a different theory as to where the flu comes from around that period. Do you mean by scapegoating that we're telling ourselves that freshers get ill? No, we're telling ourselves it's the freshers that make everyone ill. Oh, okay, okay. (laughs) So my theory is, in fact, it's actually kind of the university staff and union staff that create the illness. because, And in, in fairness, right, in fairness, I think it comes from them working so hard in the build-up to freshers, they kind of tire themselves out and get them into this ill state, right? And then, in fact, when the freshers arrive, they haven't been kind of acclimatised to the environment of these germs and microbiotics, etc. And then mm. staff end up actually giving it to students, to freshers. Oh, okay. I, I do think it, it makes sense in the sense that um, stress and, like, exhaustion definitely can make you ill. And I think, for me... I, I've started to kind of realise that, like, mind-body connection a lot more. So easily, like... Crystals if I, as well. Yeah. Huh? Is that including crystals? Um, Sage? I'm still not that into crystals. We can talk about crystals when I'm more into them. I haven't had time to go to Astrology Society, so... That's sad. That's really it is sad. sad. But, yeah, I, I get your point. I think it would make sense, but also, yeah. yeah so knows? I think let's, let's change the way we think about that, I think. Okay, okay. Do you uh, want to make a policy about that? Um... I think it'd be best to have a uh, referendum. Okay, yeah. Students should start a referendum on that. Yeah, should we, should we have an emergency what? referendum just for that? Yeah, I think so. Mm. All about the democracy, Nina. Yeah, 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 I know, I know. All right, so what's our theme this week? Um, theme of the week is things that have been kicking off or are going to kick off soon. Yeah, kick-offs. Kick-offs. Kick-off season. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> So to be quite literal about that, mm-hmm. um, recently it was the England Rugby World Cup final oh, sad. against uh, South Africa. Big loss. Mm-hmm. But I think I think we can say it was it was kind of deserved. South Africa were the better team mm. um, okay. from what I saw. Okay. But yeah, that was I think that was it was it was a tough day for me as well because I'm mm-hmm. Manchester United fan. So I got up early, watched England lose the World Cup final and then lost mm-hmm. Um, watch Manchester United lose one nil to Bournemouth. I did. I did. I do remember in the summer when we did our, we did a trip up north to visit some students' unions with Chris and some staff members, and Chris's passion for Manchester United came up because we were we went. You know, we did go to Manchester. Yeah, yeah, yeah we yeah. did. Um, and you don't play sports yourself anymore, do you? No, no, I, mm. I, I, I no, I don't play team sports anymore. Mm. I like to go for runs, but yeah, that's it. Um, that's interesting. What's the talk about, just quickly before we move on, what's the talk about mental health in football? So just players are being more open and honest mm. about it. I think mm-hmm. um, I think Mika Richards, who used to play for Manchester City and Aston Villa, I think, 
um, came out recently saying how he suffered from a lot of depression mm. and he would play games and that would affect his ability to play them. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think there's definitely a movement to be more aware mm. of things that aren't so stereotypically masculine yeah which is, which is only a good thing yeah actually on that because about sports and masculinity when I think about it I think a few weeks ago it was in the news obviously I'm from Finland and ice hockey is like our national sport um so then and so is in other Nordic countries and there was a headline that in Denmark I think one of the men's like national team ice hockey players um came out as gay um and that was the that was it the first one or is it no i think i think at the moment they're the only player in nhl that have came out as gay oh okay so in in what national hockey league but the the north american one which is like the biggest one um and then after that i'm not sure if it was because of that but then one person, I think he's actually quite young, who plays a Finnish ice hockey player who plays in at least in one of like the like the big leagues. Um, he came out as gay as well. So That's really there's cool. there's that kind yeah. of thing as well. I do think that just growing up in Finland and ice hockey is obviously quite violent. So there's also that kind of connection between violence and masculinity and the sport and all of that. So yeah. I I'm I'm interested to see kind of where this kind of not not movement but this kind of goes into if more people yeah. are going to come out and if more people are going to talk about it more openly mm. um, I, th- I think yeah it's it's a very slow burner isn't it mm, mm-hmm. and i think um progression can be made in sport but often mm-hmm. it's in other places that um pressure is put on sport to be mm. more progressive um yeah, no, I, I always find it really interesting at um, Brighton, during Brighton Pride. Mm. Um, I didn't go l- last year, but the year before that I was there. And there was a, um, in the parade, there was a bus for the Premier League. Mm, um, yeah. For the top league in England. Um, and of it, it was for gay footballers. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is, this is the men's league. Um, and it was empty. Mm. So uh, obviously the point there was to say, well, no one's come out yet. Because um, mm. there still is this stigma um, and the chances are there are yeah. um, some gay players in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I think it is a slow burner. Yeah. But definitely there is some process mm-hmm. there that's happening. Yeah. In this kind of aspect. Yeah. Shall we, um, shall we move yeah. on to... We've, we've done one kickoff. Mm-hmm, one kickoff, yeah. Mm-hmm. What's, so the next kickoff, um, shall we talk about... Um, the kind of seasonal changes we are experiencing right now and clock's going back, you know, it's mm-hmm. getting darker, it's getting longer, mm-hmm. etc. How, how how do you think that affects people, Nina? What's the... Um, well, I think for me, it's a bit different because, again, I grew up in Finland and I'm from, I'm from central Finland, but compared to here, it's a lot more north. So then, let's say here, the darkness that we have in the winter is... When do we have daylight from 7.30, 6.30 in the morning until 5 p.m.? Yeah. In my that. hometown, like, not necessarily now, but later in the winter, it's from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. where we have daylight. So that's six hours. So every time, like, it, when you're in school, you go to school just before 9, and then I get off at 4. 
So you would spend all of the time that you, you had daylight in school. Um, but to be honest, I've never... Because I grew up there, I feel like I didn't. It didn't really affect me. But then I know I know other people from who are from Lapland, so that's like the north north, where there's places in the most north where the sun doesn't um, yeah doesn't rise for a month. Um, and Is I know like some some of those people like they do get affected and they have to have yeah. like those lamps um, and stuff. Um, so actually, for me here, obviously, I don't like the darkness and I don't like the winter, but it's actually. More daylight than it would be. It's easy, right? Yeah, exactly. You know how good we've got it. Yeah, exactly. And it's the same thing when it gets the winter and I complain about the cold and everyone's like, but you're from Finland. Yeah, yeah. Well, I still don't <laughs> like the cold. Um, and also now, because I've lived here for four years, I haven't actually been in the proper winter more than like two weeks at a time in a year. So mm. also... Do, do you think people, because of the extremity in Finland of... Mm. There being days where you don't have light, do you think systems there are more um, they're more adapted to help people going through the kind of seasonal seasonal sadness? Kind mm. of? I uh, to be honest, I don't have that many people around me who are affected affected by it a lot. Um, it is always like a topic that comes up that we like like in the kind of society discussion, but I would say. Mm, like you can go well we can get like more vitamins and you can go get the lamp and like stuff like that and you can obviously then if it gets to more like mental health in the sense that you feel like it kind of affects your depression for example obviously that's then like a bit more you can do something about it if that makes sense yeah more in the sense that let's say the the, the lamp doesn't work for you well, you're not getting daylight then from more light from anywhere. Like there isn't that many things to my understanding that you, you can, can do. do. Yeah. Um, I, I did. Yeah, mm. I did. I did look it up. I was doing a bit of research on it. Mm -hmm. And according to the NHS, um, things you can do, apparently, mm -hmm. um, they suggest is change your diet. Mm, so often yeah, yeah. diet will affect it. And often it's said a symptom of seasonal um sad what's it what does it stand for again seasonal affective disorder, disorder. yeah um you can yeah so often mm -hmm. people who suffer from seasonal affective disorder will eat much more many more carbs mm -hmm. um so you can change your diet um be more active they yeah that's a good way to combat it and then mm -hmm. yeah there's other things but apparently according to the nhs it's not proven whether the, the lamps yeah. etc mm -hmm. do anything yeah i do think it's it's if it works for some people, it works. But yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't like maybe spend a lot of money on the lamp, and then it doesn't work for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, if if students were suffering um, from sad or any kind mm -hmm. of other issues around this time of the the, the year, what mm -hmm. what could they do, Nina? Especially with our university campus. I think. I think the first thing, obviously, you can come talk to me about anything that even if it isn't sad. Um, but then the place to go to. First of all, it's always um, in, in the services that we have is the Student Life Centre. Um, and I'm sure that they will have some sort of... Um, you can talk to the people and they will have kind of... Like, you're not the only person who's ex experiencing this yeah. in all of the years that these people have worked here. So they they probably have some resources that then you can, you can get into. And even for some people, it might even help kind of 
like you said about the diet and trying to be more active um but then maybe going to doctor when is a good thing if you're not sure if if you're only just affected by it being dark and it being winter or yeah. if there's something else there that's making you yeah. a bit more down or a bit more um, low energy yeah um yeah soothing at life center thank you thanks for that nia all right um let's let's move on um mm-hmm. first of all um i think we want to give a shout out to um to a certain someone who's been helping us out a lot um with with these podcasts to ed um thank you ed ed our friend <laughs> from urf um he's he's been setting up all this stuff and booking rooms for us and mm-hmm. making this all a possibility yeah so, you know it's all very professional <laughs> you ever see ed give him some yeah. love yeah some love to urf <laughs> um but yeah thank you for that Moving on to another kickoff. Um, so, recently there was an article by an academic at our university, Kathleen Stock, um, regarding a link between um, talking about the link between um, drag and men dressing up in drag and white people using blackface and kind of mm-hmm. those as compa- yeah. comparable elements. Um, I think pretty important for us to talk about this and how it how it has affected students and kind of people's takes on it um so yeah how 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 do you think it's affected students and any thoughts Nina well I think from what I I kind of saw and from conversations that I had with um students and then what we had internally was always and I think in the context of Sussex is that we have a very big drag society for example so we have a lot of students who either are themselves involved in drag and do drag or enjoy drag. So I think taking that into account that we do have quite a big student body who who care about this. Um, but yeah, from what I saw from people, um, students were upset, obviously. And, you know, you can, you can claim that this is a... Or you can say that this is a kind of a academic debate and all of that. But then I do feel like that sometimes... I think especially in the kind of university context, we can easily use that as an excuse of, oh, this is just academic. I'm just talking about this theoretically. This is just theory without taking it into account that the things that you're talking about are, even if they're not real things for you, they are for a lot of people. Yeah. And sometimes we use that as that that kind of a scapegoat of but we should be able to make any kind of arguments this is just my opinion blah 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 and i think more than ever yeah we do need to be aware that just because things are done on this kind of ether that is the internet and Mm -hmm. on these Mm -hmm. on online blogs and Mm -hmm. twitter etc that doesn't mean they don't have ramifications within real life settings yeah yeah exactly exactly and i do think that and obviously as as a white cis heterosexual woman it's it's very easy it's it's important to be aware of your own privilege in a lot of senses in the sense that i i can think in my head that i can talk about all of these things because it's those experiences or that's not real life for me but keeping in mind that it is real life for some people um and i think specifically about this article it's quite yeah, it's and and this is a I, I've seen some other stuff around this before as well. Where obviously my background is, um, I did my MA in gender studies last year or didn't complete it, but um, 
did all of my modules and my kind of I did a lot of on feminism and all of like intersectionality and all of those kind of things before as well and they're kind of for me personally it is a bit problematic to sometimes we make especially in the kind of era of intersectionality being the thing we make it we make the comparisons or think that things like race and gender are always the same that you can make these comparisons between these things oh but this is this is this this is this like in in this article taking it as a this is a gender thing why isn't this racial thing uh same thing yeah why why, why is this problematic but this isn't well because they're different that's why yeah do, do you think it was a bit lazy to make mm. the comparison between the two do you think it was um, it was kind of um inflammatory and a, and mm. kind of just like a a comparison an easy one yeah it, mm. there's kind of like there's a similar theme to the two comparisons but really there's not a connection mm. there and do you think it was just in in inherently done because it was inflammatory and it was a way to kind of create mm. tension I mean I would say that that the, that the easy comparisons usually are like that and this isn't this isn't like there, there's that this similar kind of like there's people who agree with this like th- yeah. this isn't this person isn't the one who came up with this no like this yeah there is you know a, there I mean? is a history of there, this yeah, yeah. kind of argument and reasoning yeah exactly which in 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 my opinion um and i'm not saying this is my original argument <laughs> but um in my opinion um w- that often happens in in um a lot of kind of especially white feminist circles where we think about um gender as being the ultimate oppression like uh, us being women as the ultimate oppression and that's often in the what's the word um in the expense of uh race and ethnicity um and which isn't uh it isn't a coincidence that that happens in the expense of um race and ethnicity because obviously that's a bit um no, the difficult is not the, the right word, but there's there's a, there's a different the oppressions are different, yeah. And I think that that can't be that can't be ignored and make these comparisons between this and this yeah. and this when when the and the histories of oppression are different and in different contexts and and yeah. I, I think one thing with the article, I'm I'm not entirely sure whether you could you could say the link was explicit. But I'm certain the link was implicit. Um, and I think, personally, that the danger there is you're comparing two groups of people that have completely different experiences. The mm. the, the example of white people wearing blackface mm. is, first of all, you have, you're looking at people who have high levels of privilege mm. mm-hmm. doing something that is inherently negative towards yeah. a different group of people, mm-hmm. to the black community. Whereas if you take it down back to the um, drag case, you mm. have often groups of people who are who do not feel comfortable within society because society mm. oppresses them and tells mm-hmm. them things that they have to be or they mm-hmm. can't be, mm-hmm. right? And they, for many, this is a is a form of liberation. Mm. Now I'll mm-hmm. accept the argument that yes, there are some people who don't do it in that spirit mm. because that's always the case with anything. Yeah, with yeah, anything yeah. you yeah, always have yeah. people mm-hmm. effectively um, ruining. 
mm-hmm. ruining the message, or you'll have movements where it's just a bad message. But I don't mm-hmm. think it is the latter here, it's the former. And yeah. you have a small minority who do stuff that is anti-feminist and mm-hmm. um, attacks women. Mm-hmm. But then the majority, I feel, the majority of men who do drag, and it's not just men who do drag, mm. but the majority, in this case, the majority of men mm. who do drag, do it as a liberation, mm. do it to kind of, as mm-hmm. we were talking about, masculinity, kind of mm-hmm. to question their masculinity and show that that is, we don't need to live in such a binary world. Yeah, yeah, actually, you know, when um, I think about it, I'm not myself that into drag or kind of I don't know the kind of nuances and that kind of but I do remember even from last year um when I was doing my course and there's a whole kind of I don't know if it's a debate but there's a discussion in um in kind of the drag area that should women even do drag yeah which is interesting then in the sense that if traditionally men have been um doing drag as women but then there are some people who argue that women shouldn't do the same and yeah. dress up as men and do drag as men. Um, so yeah, there's, there's definitely a lot on that. Um, so so why did they say why is the thought that men, that women shouldn't dress up as men is it because it's anti-feminist? Or? I think I think from my understanding, if I remember correctly, it was you're taking something away from us. Okay. This is like you said about this is liberating for us and and and. Um, that, that, was, that was horrible <laughs> but this is liberating for us um and all of those things that then if women are allowed to do the same and uh, and to do drag as men then you're coming like to the space yeah. but I, yeah i'm not 100 percent sure it just kind of came to my mind yeah and i think for us what's important mm-hmm. is that we look after our students yeah because mm-hmm. we're here to represent students um mm-hmm. and we do, yeah. We want to be as supportive of students mm-hmm. as possible. Um, so if any students have been affected yeah. by this article or other articles, um, there is support of the Students' Union. Um, mm-hmm. what, what would you suggest in terms of support, Nina? What would you? Um, well, if anyone wants to come and talk or they've been affected by this or anything, come talk to any of the full-time officers. Obviously, um, with my role, I do a lot of kind of... Um, I'm usually the person you people come to for support specifically, but that doesn't mean that you can't go talk to Chris or go talk to Ben or anyone else. Um, and then we can kind of see together on what what the student, what specifically it is that the students would want from us or from the university or what kind of service they could use. Um, so yeah, come talk to us and yeah. we'll see what we can do. Yeah. yeah. All right, um, moving on. So... Um, what have you been up to, Chris? What's the undergrad dissertation journal? I've been up to. So, um, part of my manifesto pledge, um, let's let's really bore everyone. Part <laughs> of my manifesto pledge was to get more for students out of their education. So, uh, as part of this, I wanted to set up a dissertations journal. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, I should mention the name is pending, so that is that is not exactly what it does. We're we're looking to get a new name, but the, the ultimate thing we wanted to do was to have a journal where students who have just finished their final project or dissertation can publish their work. Um, it's very easy. We don't want students to change it too much so they don't have to labour away. Um, and then it can be published and then other students can read it um, and learn kind of how the best way to approach a, a, a dissertation is, etc. And then we also wanted to give students the opportunity to work on it so they could get that experience and also put it on their CV, etc. So kind of 
a journal that is not just there for students to read, but also for students to own. Um, and recently we have got a team together for it um, and we're going to have our first meeting this week. Um, so, yeah, I'm really excited about it. Um, it's the kind of the wheels are on the bus and we're ready to start rolling. Yeah. Um, and the point was that um, students who've already done their dissertation or graduated, they can also submit it so we don't have to wait for the spring term too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so this time around, we will be getting submissions from students, from past students, because mm-hmm. most students will not have finished their dissertation come um, come the time we want to publish it. I know some students will, um, so we we might be able to work something out there, but most mm-hmm. students won't. Um, and then the aim is to do this project again next year, hopefully with more support from the university and more funding, etc. And then do it so that we can get any student that's finished this year to submit their work just when the like the grades come out. And then we can do the yeah. process again. Um, but yeah, very excited. Actually, I just realised when we were talking about dissertation, we're both award-winning dissertation writers. Wow, Nina. We? Yeah. <laughs> are, are we entering into the ego zone? We're, we're entering <laughs> into talking about ourselves and how great we are. What was yours on, Nina? My dissertation. So I did international relations for my undergrads and I graduated in 2018. Um, it was Congratulations. The first, thank you. It was the first year that we did dissertations in IR. Um, and you smashed it. I smashed it. Yeah, I'm actually very proud of that dissertation. I did it on um, this whole theory in IR about old terrorism and new terrorism. And I was looking at how when we discuss old terrorism in, in quotes, we often see these old terrorists as um, the white men who have there's justifications for their violence. There's some something that they want. So, so would that include like the Crusades, the um, old terrorists? No, more of kind of like IRA. Um, oh, okay. Okay. And so um, as old as in age, or is this history? Um. Oh yeah, yeah. So so uh, as in um historically, his, yeah, historically. Okay. So the the kind of argument is that we're in, like in the era of new terrorism. Sure. Yeah. So um, I was talking about specifically about um. Some IRA people, uh, Unabomber in the US, who sent those uh, bombs in the post, yeah. Um, that there's kind of this, the way we talk about the old and new terrorists is completely different in the sense that I was arguing that it's racialized and it's the new terrorists that we, we how we see terrorism now is it's the brown Muslim men yeah. who, um, yeah. or it's, or it's, you know, brown or black women but it's the it's the muslims who yeah. blow themselves up and all of that and the way we talk about this terrorism is these th- it's barbaric it's like pure evil it's sure. completely like there's no justifications for it sure. whereas in the old terrorism when it's the, the white terrorists it's it's much more of well they were violent because they had they had a cause and it was okay. it was political yeah. and it was all of these reasons whereas in the new terrorism it's they're just all these yeah. basically crazy non-white people so so in a sense it's almost like a kind of well it is a orientalist approach oh, yeah. to terrorism yeah. yeah yeah and in my opinion and then what I specifically did my dissertation is that I looked at um some pop culture examples so I looked at um the the Netflix um show about the Unabomber uh, I looked at Hunger, which is about um, which is about Bobby Sands, who uh, did a hunger strike in. Is that the one with um, oh, I forget his name? Michael Fassbender. Fassbender yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and then I did a few examples of new terrorism, where I did um, 
Patriots Act, I think, which is based sure. on the true story of the Boston Marathon bombings and how they portrayed uh, the brothers who did it. And then Leila M, which is really interesting because it was this, it was I think it was this teenager um, Muslim girl who basically fell in love with um, with a Muslim man who was in a what do they call it like the small like groups um, uh, in cells or no, but anyways, it, he, she like it was about that story, but it was completely. Yeah. The violence is completely portrayed in a different way. Okay. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. And you did yours about the Palestinian orange. Yeah. So I I looked into the symbolism of the Palestinian orange um, and used that as a means to examine 20th century in Palestine, um, 20th century history in Palestine, um, and specifically used the orange um, as a kind of prism to look at how both Palestinians... So you said prison. Prism. <laughs> not a prison um prism to see how palestinian arabs and palestinian natives um kind of interpreted what was going on um so the kind of connection they had to the mm-hmm. land and like but then that change in the threat from um zionist settlers but also used it to look at how zionist settlers interpreted their connection to the land how they started harvesting lots of oranges and distributing them internationally and how this was a example of their kind of success and how they had this connection to the land um, which was often something throughout history that Jewish diasporas hadn't had because of laws etc saying they couldn't be landowners and how they were kind of this was a new new movement for the Jewish people um and that was your history dissertation right history dissertation yeah yeah. yeah. um and yeah and then kind of saw how this changed through the Arab-Israeli war and after that and kind of for the Palestinians as a symbol of resistance. Um, yeah. But yeah, really enjoyed it. Yeah. Really, really enjoyed it. Um, so Chris's undergrad dissertation journal is a thing that's kicking off. Oh, it's kicking th- off. I have a, What's yeah. kicking off for uni? Like? I, yeah, I have things that are kicking off. Basically, um, well, today I'm having a mental health event and free pizza event with um, Therese from the university, um, who's writing the university's new mental health um, strategy cannot say this word uh, and she's really keen on having student feedback on it so hopefully that goes well but in kind so, of sorry Nick, can, can i just interrupt mm-hmm. where's the pizza going to be from pizza is from sussex foods not sussex papa foods. john's sorry we were just having a conversation before we started this podcast nina has an interesting theory about papa john's maybe we can get back to that once you've as you've like finished. the last bit yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah stay tuned for <laughs> papa john's discussion um but yeah mental health event wise um obviously it was a thing in my manifesto as well to especially increase the awareness of mental health services, both um, internally in the university and then also externally. Um, so then, yeah, if and it came up actually in the Students' Union Council yesterday that um, if there's to get students together to campaign around mental health and mental health services and all of that. So start that off, hopefully, before the Christmas, get some students together so we can we can kind of... Go from where, what they want. Yeah. I don't want to be too much of this is specifically what yeah. we're doing. But, um, yeah, now we have a good, great opportunity to influence the university's mental health strategy because that's it. that will be a lot about what does the university do. But then if students want to do something more or something in kind of a different direction, that's completely fine. So please uh, contact me um, on Facebook. I'm Nina Halberg. Um, my Instagram is welfareussu. Uh, and my email is nina.h at sussexstudent.com. 
it's always always great to get students involved in these big strategies Mm -hmm. isn't it and and we have so many students that are active and like want to change things and want to um want to make make the university better and all of that and I think where the students union comes in is that we make it possible in the sense that if you want to change things but you don't know what to do we can give you the tools and the support that you need yeah. and, and get other students that are interested in exactly the same thing, but you just didn't know them for some reason, um, get you together and then, you know, go from there. Yeah, yeah. Excellent, Nina. What else has been kicking off nationally? Nationally. The big one, mm-hmm. 12th of December, mm-hmm. our elections. Mm-hmm. That's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think on, on our end... Um, mm. I think we both have our own political views, but mm-hmm. in our in our specific um, jobs, mm-hmm. our job roles, the main thing for us is getting students um, registered to mm-hmm. vote, um, and that's really important. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I was reading somewhere yesterday, there's been a massive spike um, mm-hmm. in student student um, sign up, not sign oh, up. Oh, okay. Um, registering to that's vote. That's good. Yeah. Um, and when I say sorry, when I say student, I mean young individuals. I think it was between the age groups of eighteen to twenty-four mm. and twenty-five to thirty-one. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so we just want to make sure students, as many students from Sussex, yeah. register. Really, mm-hmm. I think I think it's really important. When? What are the dates, Nina? Um, the day um, is the twenty-sixth of November, five p.m. for registering. And was it something else? If you want to do. Postal. I'm not used to the postal thing because in in Finland you can only do, um, where you go in, in to the, the place. Yeah. yeah, interesting. Um, so if you want to vote to um, if you want to apply to vote by mm-hmm. post, um, you need to register before five p.m. on November twenty mm-hmm. sixth. Um, so that's the same date. Oh, sorry, mm-hmm. no, it was it was proxy vote. Oh, okay, yeah. So effectively, I think proxy is where you get someone to vote for you because you're not around, you can't do a yeah. postal vote. Also not possible in Finland. <laughs> <laughs> so proxy vote is by 5pm on December the 4th. Okay. Um, what's your view on the kind of where should people register to vote in terms of students if they live here but their home is somewhere else? Sure, sure. So then think about that yeah. strategically. Yeah, yeah. So mm. yeah, just make sure you know where you're going to be on the 12th. December mm-hmm. and hey maybe maybe you registered to vote in Brighton um for the 12th and then you have I don't know you you, you something comes up but no oh, well what you can do you mm-hmm. can I think you can be registered in two different places oh okay so you can register mm-hmm. at both but 12th you vote mm-hmm. um in Brighton if you're a mm-hmm. student you have a great time of it you go vote and then you watch the um the election results mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you can have a nice night in Brighton watching that um, before you go back off home, if you do go back off home, mm-hmm. or etc. Um, mm-hmm. So that's always a nice thing. I like I like to do that. Mm-hmm. I like to do the um, the late nighters. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. So much so that um, my mine and my partners um, our our um, anniversary date was actually the day that Donald Trump got elected. So silver that's linings. The, is it? Yeah, it's a silver lining, okay. right? Um, yeah, eighth of November. Um, what was it? 2017 it's our third anniversary in a few few days time excited for that yeah yeah um so Um, you know yeah and obviously we have a lot of uh political student um societies and campaigns um so if you're interested in kind of getting involved and i knew that i know that a lot of them do a lot of um 
what's it called canvassing yeah yeah when you go out and yeah um so yeah look them up in in sussexstudent.com and if you want to get involved get involved in just some do some political good yeah exactly um i've just found i think i've found some data here mm-hmm. from the independent um the newspaper mm-hmm. um about a considerable spike in under 25s applying for voter registration mm-hmm. um recorded during the first day of the general election campaign mm-hmm. so on wednesday um i believe that was so it must have been last week mm. um more than 177,000 individuals applied either online or on paper to take part in the 1st of December general election. Mm. Um, of these, 59,000 were under the age of 25 and a further 56,000 were between the ages of 25 and 34. Mm. That's a big number. So, yeah, so it, it looks like younger people are really coming out in numbers yeah. to vote for this one. So it could be a very interesting yeah. election. Also, a good point to bring up that I didn't know until I think last week when you told me that um, if you're a Commonwealth citizen, you can vote. Yeah, yeah, yeah I believe so. Okay. Um, best to check that. Yeah. Because I think that's how it works. Yeah. Um, and I think you had to have a national insurance number, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know the ins and outs of that. But yeah, mm. if you are a Commonwealth student, um, definitely check it out mm-hmm. and do some research. Um, yeah. Cool. Um, do you have any, um, any predictions about what's going to happen with the election? Oh. Um, I have personal predictions. Yeah. That you hope to happen or what you think will happen? Like, realistically, what you think might happen or this is what I want? Oh. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm just going to play it safe and no. I'm not going to say anything. So then I okay. don't disappoint myself. Oh, <laughs> that's a great one. Okay. What about yourself, Nina? Sorry? What about yourself? Um, Finnish National Party going to win it, do you think? Yeah. Think they stand a chance? Mm. Or the Finnish Greens? So. I don't think so. <laughs> Not in this country. Yeah, I don't know. On it, to be completely honest, with this whole um, Brexit mess, I have been quite um, put off by even following what's going on because I feel like it's kind of this week is something, next week is something completely different, and yeah, yeah I and I've been I've been in this country for a long time, and I feel like. It's still quite hard to kind of understand the political culture because it is really different. Yeah. And in terms of like, like the two big parties and and all of that is really different from um, from home. And I do think there's a still sense of obviously my my level of English is very good, but there then it, I feel like something sometimes with like political things it does get to kind of not necessarily even technical words. But those kind of words that I don't really, I can't really, I think I understand from the context, but then they kind of end up meaning something else sure, that I don't sure. have the, I'm not like in tune yeah. to. There's a lot of jargon yeah. in politics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what I was going to say, I find it, I do find it very interesting, and I think this will develop a lot, is issues do really kind of grow mm. during this mm-hmm. period. Mm. And one thing I've noticed recently is this discussion around the future of the NHS. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I find, I think things like this are going to be very important in this election. Mm. And there is some, there is some interesting stuff coming mm. out, especially around mm-hmm. the NHS and whether one party, whether conservatives mm-hmm. might privatise it and whereas Labour are looking mm. to in- invest more into it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that's, that scares me. I won't say you, I won't say which way, mm-hmm. but yeah. one of those yeah. ways scares me. Yeah, I, I do think that, 
the NHS as it is obviously would need more funding and all of that but as it is as a service it's I think I and I for me as well like Finland has free healthcare as well um so you often kind of take it as take it for granted yeah so you don't really think about it when it wouldn't be the same and for example I'm I'm not a citizen I've only lived here for a year for four years and I got um invite to come do a cervical cancer test and isn't that just you know what I mean like I, I I'm not even a citizen of this country yeah. and this is what this healthcare do system you, does do you mean like you liked that yeah exactly yeah, yeah, I yeah. think it's I and it's it's yeah it's 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 a lot and I feel like with the kind of political climate it's yeah I don't think yeah sometimes sometimes you need to be really kind of wary of things that you take for granted yeah. and sometimes it gets a bit too scary I think yeah, like you say, um, things like this very important to some people. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of mm-hmm. it's indicative of this election. Make sure you know what the facts are. Yeah, like, you're never going to find out mm-hmm. truths. Yeah, but just mm-hmm. see what people are promising. See yeah. what people are saying, and mm-hmm. then go with that. Yeah, and be and be kind of. I think the most important thing is that when you know when you know the 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 facts or the kind of different sides and the different arguments for you to make your own decision have your own opinion and not let maybe people around you or people who are close to you affect that too much obviously you can have discussions but you should still kind of be confident in your own opinions and stand your own ground um when it comes to things like this as well as you know normal life all right i think that about does us um anything you want to say before we go what about papa john's Oh, promise to people papatrons yeah go on then (laughs) well basically yesterday it was students union council first one it was great we had so students union what's the students union council chris do do we have another 50 minutes i think we might have to say that for the next (laughs) no 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 what's students union council it's it's one of our highest governing bodies where students um so students sit on it and so do the full-time elected officers Mm -hmm. and decisions can be made and kind of updates are given on how Mm -hmm. the students union is being run Mm -hmm. and what we're trying to achieve Mm -hmm. and it gives students the real opportunity to say Mm -hmm. i want this to happen i want that to happen and things are done through voting etc and you can you can influence a lot of what you want the students union to do or if you want to change something that we do internally um, all of that and, and then a big part Chris is um, officer accountability exactly yeah. is that we full-time officers we we make a report for council um, we discuss it with students mm-hmm. and students have the opportunity to basically grill us yeah um, and Which yeah so we have exactly elected, what they sh- we should be yeah we yeah. should have we have elected um, elected reps on the council but also any every student is welcome to come and talk um, and ask and discuss but um, without voting rights Papatrons, um, basically. So we order Papatrons for some reason. I need to find out. Is that we order? So there's free pizza in council. The provider is Papatrons, and we we just just so we're clear, we go through Papatrons because they offer vegan pizza, and other outlets do not always. Don't offer anyone else have vegan pizza? Other places, some other places don't. Oh. Do anyway. Okay. Anyways. Anyways. Um. Pepper John is basically the reason why I'm vegan. <laughs> I've been vegan for um, actually almost two years now. And I was just explaining to Chris before we started that the reason is that um, Pepper John's isn't a thing in Finland. For some reason, I can't remember why, I ordered my first Pepper John's. 
And I ordered it with uh, with cheese and mushrooms and pineapple, olives, uh, all of the good stuff. The pineapple is a different discussion. But, um, and at least they used to, this was two years ago, almost two and a half years ago. They used to have like a full on one centimeter, two centimeters of cheese on that pizza. And what my experience was is that I would have a full on pizza Never before in my life, maybe once or twice, I have finished a pi- one full pizza in one go. Talking like large or medium? Or I think the medium one. Okay, medium. Which is still quite big. Yeah, yeah. So, so then what happened to me is I would have this full pizza and I would be like, I want more. I could eat more. I didn't feel like, I felt full, but I was like, no, 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 I could so, have more. So you were addicted, Nina. I think I was addicted. And um, so then I, I started having a lot of Pepper John's and then I realized it and it freaked me out. Um, and actually it happened because I, so I stopped having Pepper John's because I went home for Christmas and there wasn't Pepper John's and then I realised that I was addicted to the cheese did you have like withdrawals when you were back in no I don't I don't think that was the case but then I do remember that I was looking at into some conspiracy theories around um, around that Pepper John's puts so much cheese on the pizza because they want people to buy more because cheese is addictive Okay. And then there was some kind of conspiracy also that they they put something else on the cheese. What could that, that something else be, Nina? Well, <laughs> I think it was some sort of a drug. Okay. But um, so, so you're saying Papa John's drug? I'm not drug saying you. anything. <laughs> I don't want Papa John's to sue me. It's already happened. I'm, <laughs> I'm not saying anything. I'm not making any claims. I'm saying that my experience was that the cheese, I felt like there was some sort of starting addiction there and that's basically the reason why i stopped having any dairy products okay perfect well that seems like a logical place to stop um papa john's drugging people (laughs) um yeah this is this has been this has been great yeah thanks chris thanks a lot good to be back great to be back thanks for tuning in to talking frank without frank if you'd like to hear more of our podcast, you can find them on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Just search Talking Frank Without Frank.